Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Well, you do know that all Canty and Carlin do is win. So we can start <laughs> there. Because, yes, the only white party that I know about, and this is kind of being a little facetious because I obviously know about the white parties that Diddy threw back in the day in the Hamptons, but the only white party I know about is in Wimbledon where they mostly have to wear white. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about here. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Candy and Carlin is always presented by Progressive Insurance. I don't know what that sound was. I think something just dropped. Maybe it was my heart. Uh, alongside Vanessa Richardson, uh, Michael Rothstein. And, uh, well, let's start where they, where they left off. I own like one linen shirt that I had to buy in Malta last year because my luggage got lost. And I think one pair of linen pants that no longer fit me what is your linen consumption here? So I wear a lot of black. Um, since okay. I work for the Rockets, I do have a, a healthy dose of red in my closet. But I do have a couple of pairs of white Air Force Ones. I am a white jean gal because I think you can dress them up or you can wear them professionally. But uh, it's not my preferred color. It's not a lot of the preferred color for the ladies who find white unflattering. Um, I did not get an invitation, unfortunately. I did actually. I just couldn't go because did I had to do you? the radio. No, Aww. no, I did not. I have, I have Aww. oddly, I have oddly gotten invitations to other things that are quote unquote exclusive, like Blue Sky, the social media app, and Raya, the dating app. But it, the white party I've... invitation got lost in the mail. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Raya gal. We do what yeah, we have to it's, do. Uh, it's a sad existence. It is. Uh, but in, <laughs> so is, and away we go here on Candy and Carlin, which is presented by Progressive Insurance. That voice here is Vanessa Richardson. I'm Michael Rothstein. And when when we're talking about the white party, though, like the fact that that many celebrities show up, right, is it's kind of wild because like that's how you want to spend your July Fourth, like going to this giant party, I guess, right? Like that's how the uber rich live. Like definitely not how I live. Like, I had to work. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I, here's the thing. The other thing is it always looks, you can't help but think of what's being said in those pictures, whether it's you see James Harden with the owner of the 76ers or you see, you know, two celebrities chatting and you wonder, are they dating now? You can't help all of those, you know, well-known, well-to-do people in one place. I'm more of a, a grill gal and, you know, to your Atlanta guy, big boy, was was throwing down on the grill per his Instagram. So, yeah, I'm more of a backyard cookout type gal, uh, but my, my invitation must have gotten lost at the mail. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. You mentioned, you know, how, that you don't like wearing white now. Is that like I'm, I'm not someone who can wear white either. Like I've never understood the white pant thing. Sure. What, what's explain this because white I'm, pants yeah. for the ladies. They're flattering. Um, they're jeans, but they, you can also really dress them up. If they're a really clean pair of white pants, you can pair them with some heels. You just got to be careful. You get the food on it. You get the makeup on it. Then all of a sudden, the, the white pant look is ruined. Well, it rains. I feel like that could be a disaster. for And you. I have to have a tan. You know, I have to have okay. a tan because I'm white because I am white. So I have okay. to have a tan or else it, I look pale. <laughs> <laughs> the white on white is not going to work. Yeah, the white on the white on the white. 
<laughs> well, you know, here's the other thing, right? Like, know who shouldn't wear white but actually do wear white? The people who compete in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Yeah. For some reason, their jerseys are, like, mostly white with a giant Nathan's Hot Dog logo on the front. They've got red sleeves. Their name's on their back with their personal records. But Joey Chestnut, after a two-hour weather delay yesterday, Vanessa Richardson, he came out. I think he was the real impetus behind getting it, getting it done, frankly, because he wanted to compete. And he ate a not great number for him, but still epically large number for those of us who follow competitive eating. 62 hot dogs, 14 short of his record. He wins his 16th Nathan's Mustard Belt. And if you watched it, I did. I was enthralled by it. If you listened to Greeny yesterday when I was on there, you know my feelings about the about competitive eating in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It, it's theater. It is it is theater mm. of the absurd, and it is awesome. Not you. You said you're on the grill, so like you can't you can't do more than what three, four it's, hot dogs. I mean three or four, yeah. I mean, but you have to pace yourself beyond that. I think it is absolutely disgusting. Have I been called un-American for this take? Yes, I have. Um, I respect that it's on ESPN, and here's the thing that I, I do respect. I respect his determination. To your point, when it seemed like it was going to be canceled, the pictures and the videos of this man looking so angry and having the LeBron James type stare on his face and saying, we are going to get this done. I respect that. That is a man that wants his ketchup belt or his, his mustard hat, whatever you win for mustard belt. participating <laughs> in that competition. That is a man with it. I respect the determination. I just don't see how you drink that much lemonade and not get some diabetes. I don't see how, you know, you could you can consume all of that. Uh, I just I, the, the buns in the water, Michael, you, you're going to have to convince me harder. Well, I mean, like the, the buns in the water is a strategy. Like that, that's the strategy to make the hot dogs go down easier. Now, listen, part, part of watching the hot dog eating contest for me is I'm never I, I don't want to ever eat a hot dog because. Ugh. So, no, I am going Not to watch that. Guy. Oh, God, no. Do you know what's in those? Have you ever seen a hot dog or a sausage? So, you, so you're so you okay watching this man shove 62 hot dogs down his throat, but you won't eat one yourself? Yeah, because for the grace of God, go I. I mean, seriously, I'm not, no, I, I want no part of that. But no. I'll watch someone else do it. I'm the exact opposite. Why Don't would I show not me that, but I will take down a good bratwurst or hot dog or a little Italian sausage when the mood's right. No, I, I, I will. I am anti-eating a hot dog. Mm. I am very pro watching people shove various <gasps> foods in their mouth at record paces. Now, if it were corn, if it were ice cream, if it were M&Ms, I, sign me up. I want to compete in those competitions. Like, I, I, all, I'm all in for that every day of the week. Is there a food that you feel like you could competitive I could, with, Vanessa? I could crush a mashed potatoes competition. I love okay. mashed potatoes. I love potatoes in general. You can do a lot with potatoes. Tater tots, scalloped potatoes, twice-baked potatoes, double-baked potatoes, sweet potatoes. I love potatoes. And mashed potatoes, I could win a contest. Uh, okay, well, we're going to... All right, let's, let's test this out here. So the record in 2014, I believe this is the record, in 30 okay. seconds, uh, a guy named Andre Ortloff, who's from Augsburg, Germany, or this is where it happened, okay. 348 grams in 30 seconds. Can you do that? How much it's... I need to... What is a gram? Is that like a gallon? Is that like what... 
I, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, Whatever it see. is, I can do it. Shout out to Andre, but he he he'd be second if I got my hands on that. Uh, eleven hundred. All right. So in a minute, eleven hundred and twenty grams. I'm gonna convert this to pounds because I want I want to get the actual reaction here. That's two point four pounds of of mashed potatoes hard. in a minute. I could do in it in a minute. Yep. Uh, Shannon Penn, I think we have our first challenge. Can we on. make this happen during a break? Bring it on. <laughs> Somebody deliver <laughs> deliver two and a half pounds of mashed potatoes to my apartment in Houston, Texas, and let's get this going. Sh- Shannon, can we make this happen? Can that? Can we have? Can we get a mashed potato delivery order to Vanessa Richardson in Houston? I see what I can do. All right, cool. <laughs> see, ten, 10 minutes of us working together, Vanessa, and you've already accepted a challenge that is going that is going to create great radio and Shannon Thank to you. probably have a reversal, which if you watch the hot dog eating contest, you know what a reversal is. It gets you disqualified yeah. and is exactly what it sounds like. Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. There is a very good case to be made that Shohei Otani is coming off the greatest month in Major League Baseball history. Otani with his Major League leading 30th home run of the season. The floor for Shohei Otani's free agency is going to start at $500 million. He's also going to want to win, and that's why these next few months for the Angels are critical if they're going to have any chance to keep him. Either you trade him and get something, or you let him go and get a mediocre draft pick. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Kenny and Carlin, they're out today. Vanessa Richardson is with me, Michael Rossi. We're in for the guys. And as you heard, Shohei Otani, you know, there's so many questions about him, right? Like, that, that, and what's going to happen? Not the talent. Everyone knows the talent is there. I hope we see him pitch in the All-Star game. I hope we see him do all of these things, provided he plays in the All-Star game. He, said, he has said he doesn't expect to pitch in next week's All-Star game. Personally, I hope that that happens. But the Angels are dealing with injuries. Now, Vanessa, let's really quickly run through these. Mike Trout is on the 10-day IL with a broken left wrist. Shohei Otani left his start against the Padres with a blister. Anthony Rendon exited with a left shin contusion, but the x-rays were negative. For Rendon, he'll know more Wednesday, but, quote, it's not looking good if he thinks he's going to go on the injured list. So all of a sudden, their three stars are, well, the Angels are, are being the Angels and kind of watching their, t- their season fall apart. It is very frustrating. I do feel for their fan base. We'll start with Anthony Rendon. Um, Houston native, so I've gotten to do a couple interviews with him. Really nice guy, but the, he is like injury prone would probably be an understatement of the year, right? He was hurt last year. 2019, he had a toe injury. 2020, he had an oblique injury. If you're interested, you can look up his entire injury. It's a lot. Um, not good for him, and it sounds like he, he's one of those guys that's very realistic about it, so he just said, he told reporters, it doesn't seem good. Trout, last time I checked, we don't know whether he needs surgery or not, but it seems like a real possibility. And then Shohei Otani, generational talent. So this is a tough time for the Angels, and, and health during the dog days of summer is everything because it can often be indicative of what the health will be like in the fall when you inch towards playoffs. No, without question. By the way, you mentioned Anthony Rendon. Just, to, just so people understand his injury history here, right? There's 162 games. There are 162 games in a baseball season. Okay, he has played more than 150 games in a season twice. That was in 2016 and in 2014, the second and fourth years of his MLB career with the Nationals. Since he has gone to the Angels, 2020, 52 games. 
2021, 58 games. 2022, 47 games. 2023 was going okay, 43 games so far, but who knows what that's going to look like now. I mean, that's like load management NBA numbers, not Major League Baseball numbers. That's what Anthony Rendon has been dealing with. And if you're the Angels, you wonder why you trusted that. But when you look at Shohei Otani... He's somebody who hasn't dealt with a ton of injuries, but there are major questions of how much longer he will be with the Angels. John Smoltz, the Hall of Fame pitcher, was on ESPN Radio earlier, and he explained what he thinks the Angels should do with Shohei Otani. You know, I don't know what they're going to say publicly, but internally I would be looking at every channel and fielding every question. I mean, if you don't think you can re-sign him, which seems to be the narrative, now is it. I mean, the only way you change your franchise If you're not going to re-sign Shohei Otani, you're going to get nothing in return. But if this team that you're trading him to potentially has the inside track to re-signing him or wanting to, then you're able to get more for this kind of player. We're talking five to six players for one guy. I mean, John Smoltz is not wrong. Like you heard in the open there that maybe the floor for Shohei Otani, Vanessa, is $500 million. Now, that's that's enough to get to a lot of white parties, right? Like, I mean, I, I feel like he'd, Tons he'd of have white parties. an exclusive invitation to all of them. No doubt. And and being photographed and, and all of the things that happen at white parties, uh, that's definitely, definitely grounds for that. Look, I mean, he's a literal rule changer. Like, they've literally had to make rules for Shohei Otani. So I think what Smoltz is saying is right. You're talking about not only you're going to need a couple of young established players – you're going to have to hand over some of your top prospects if you want Shohei Otani because you are losing a two-way talent, which goes without saying. So I think it'll be fascinating to see what the Angels do. And the not only what they do, Michael, but the approach that they take. Are they going to be player-friendly? Are they going to keep him in the loop? Shohei keeps everything very tight, very close to the vest. He's not one of the guys that you and I know from working in sports and particularly covering the NFL. It's They're texting the agents. They're using their, their media people to, to put different narratives out there. That's not Shohei's game. So I think there's a really good chance that we're not going to know what's going on until a decision has been made. And I think it'll be really, really important to see how the Angels handle it. Without question. And just under, just to underscore how good Shohei Otani is right now. Leads the lead, I almost said the NFL because we're just talking about the Leads Major well, League Baseball hey, in home runs with 31. Vibes. Leads in triples with five. Leads in slugging percentage with at 658. Leads in OPS 1.044. Like leads in total bases with 217. And oh yeah, don't forget he pitches two, and he is seven and four <laughs> this detail. year with a 3.32 ERA and 132 strikeouts to 43 walks. So like, yeah, I mean he he can do it all. He is a game changer. He let, let's just play this game for a couple minutes here, right? Mm-hmm. Where. Where do you think he should go? Where would make the most sense to you? I mean, maybe a team that feels like they're a piece, missing a piece to get a championship. You know, major market like New York. Now, not that he's not in a major market right now. He's in Los Angeles. But you talk about some somewhere like the Yankees. Would the Rangers do it? Do the Rangers look at their situation and, and look at their division and say, we think we really have a shot, but we could add Shohei? Um, the Giants. I, this is a guy also, Mike, that is not only going to win you games. He's the guy that as soon as you sign him, you put his face on the stadium, on the signs, on the tickets. Your marketing department has a completely new approach. Your social media team. I mean, th- there is a also a business side to signing Shohei Otani that I think would be really uh, electric for any franchise. 
No, it will be fascinating. I think this will be the story around the trade deadline in Major League Baseball if they move him. I, I will. I will throw another team out there. Yeah, th- it's, throw some it, It's because of the history with the franchise. Right now, they're not doing great this year. They're eight games back in their division. But Shohei Otani going to Seattle would be fascinating mm. to me because there is obviously the history there with Ichiro. There is a very large like is maybe the place that. They could get the most media attention for him because if you've ever covered a player who has come over to the United States from South Korea, from Japan, from really any of the countries in Asia, the attention around that player is wild. And the amount of media that follow him like it is incredible. And you saw that with Ichiro. I cover boxing too for ESPN and they're one of the best fighters in the world is a guy named Noya Inoue. And he's from Japan and every time mm-hmm. he fights in the United States, which is not that often, there is more Japanese media there covering Inoue than than whoever he's fighting. Now he, we'll see what happens the next time he comes over to the States, but he is a, a huge star over there. I, I actually covered... Uh, this was a really weird thing. I, I was coming back from uh, Southeast Asia, and I was on a flight from Seoul to Detroit. And the person I sat next to on the flight was a basketball player who was the best basketball player in South Korea's like history. He was going to play at Winthrop. Wow. Right? And just random. And he was going to play at Winthrop. He was going to be a freshman in college. I ended up covering him a couple years later at the NCAA tournament. He remembered me because we sat next to each other for that's a 14-hour flight. But you the bond. amount of right, trauma bonding. The, the amount of media... Uh, and this is where I'm going with this, the amount of media that was there for him, and this is a college basketball player, mm-hmm. like doubled or and sometimes even tripled the amount of media that would be there for Winthrop. Or not Winthrop, sorry. He was at uh, Davidson, not Winthrop. My bad. Uh, yeah, whenever the Davidson Astros play the Angels, yeah. the press box is like, you're hurting for seats. Like, this is a real thing. Yeah, so like moving Shohei Otani to Seattle would be really interesting to me. Moving him to San Francisco? would be very interesting to me. Absolutely. And I think, look, anywhere he goes, day one, he makes an impact. I mean, no, you're we, talking about it, somebody who they are changing rules for. But how will the Angels approach it? What decisions will they make? And like I said, will they keep him in the loop? Will they talk to him about where he'd like to go? I think it'll be fascinating to see. It will. And listen, wherever he goes, he's going to create some home field advantage for that baseball team. But does home field advantage exist in the NFL? That's a bigger question, and that comes after Vanessa has this word from Vivid Seats. Yes, ah, Vivid Seats here at Canty and Carlin. We are fired up for the MLB season, which is happening right now. And luckily for you, our friends at Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, have great deals on great seats with a huge selection of tickets to this year's hottest matchups. Experience every crack of the bat, every diving catch, and every heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. So we're, we're always excited that the NFL is coming back. Shannon Penn loves whenever I fill in here on Canty and Carlin and the countdown thing comes up to yell countdown in my ear and remind me how many days it is till training camp starts. And my life takes a dramatic turn from having much less to do to being very regimented every day. So thank you, Shannon Penn, for that. As Shout he- out to Shannon. Shannon, Shannon bowed, and we are, we are there. This is Katie and Carla on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM, Channel 80. Alongside Vanessa Richardson, I'm Michael Rothstein. We're going to talk some football right now. We're going to bring in Sam Ocho, the ESPN football analyst. Sam, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. But before we get into football, we want to get into maybe the more important topic, the topic in all of our hearts, which is food. Is there a food, after watching the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest yesterday, that you feel like you could win a competitive eating contest in? Well, two things. First, how did it get? How is there a rain delay in a food eating competition? So true. Like, because it's outside. To, right. And like, it needs to be inside, right? Moving it. Like, you remember in high school, it's like, all right, you know, you go have to do a practice outside and it's hot or it rains or whatever. <laughs> they move it inside to the gym, right? This is eating. We're not playing football. They're no quick. Move it inside to the gym. And so that's kind of my little pet peeve, right? I'll throw that out there. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't want man. to be rain delayed. Something tells no, me the smell no, would be like atrocious. No, hot dog like water. There, there's just, but there's history there at the corner of Surf and Stillwell. Like that's where the Nathan's, <laughs> that's where Nathan's is. That's where the original Nathan's is in Coney Island. It has to be outside. Now you can argue they could have had a tent, but like, sure, the, absolutely. Like you could have had a tent over the competitors, but then you can't see the competitors as well, Sam. But see what happens. What happens then if it's like, does it just get canceled? Right? Like, is it like, hey, we reschedule it for a later week? Like in football, hey, sorry, it's all lightning. The game's going to resume. Like, what happens? You eat twenty hot dogs, you resume it in like in a week. What? How do you do that? You know what I mean? There needs to be. Some solutions. That's I don't know. I, that's my thing. I, are you okay. Any solutions there? I know. I know it's the initial Nathan's, but come on. <laughs> What's been so? Is there a food that you can compete? Would you compete in the in this? Man, I wouldn't even do it. Man, I'm still. I'm literally still full from what I <laughs> ate yesterday on July Fourth. Right, we barbecued. We had like ribs, hot dogs, all that. I did. I had like maybe three. Right, I wasn't like sixty two. I might have had four. I ain't gonna lie to you. Let me just be honest. Right, there might have been a fifth out there, but I was not competing. I was not competing, but I, I, I couldn't even do it. I'm, I'm too full right now to think about what I would competitively eat in. I'm trying to get back in my football playing I game, can, so Yeah, I could barely even watch it, Sam. I got to tell you. You know what I'm saying? I, I couldn't watch it you. either. I, I was eating grapes while I was watching it. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Mike's just flexing. I did, I did, eat, I did eat 20 pancakes. I did eat 20 pancakes one time. I will say okay, that. That's there was a thing that I hopped. They were like, hey, you know, unlimited pancakes. I was like, you know what? I will challenge, uh, you know, I will, I will hit, I think I got 22, right? You and former I to athletes can eat. All the <laughs> like y'all can Never eat. Never again, though. 
Never was that again. post football practice? <laughs> that was right. No, that was like I mean, that was probably in college, right? Like okay. I was like, you know, we're training two, three times a day and whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're in college, you know, eating a couple of burritos, Chipotle, the whole deal, right? I was just doing I was living life, being a college student. It's As you should burritos, have been. Not, not a thing anymore. Not a thing. Not a couple of burritos. No double double meat. Okay, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> we love it. Uh, so so happy to have you on, Sam. And I do want to talk about you know the NFL as much as I'd love to keep talking about food. This is going to be an interesting season. We're 65 days away. Which quarterback do you think has the most pressure on them? Pure pressure going into this season, and why? Wow, no, that's a great question. Um, I go to I go to Tampa Bay. Mm. And I go, obviously, to either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. And the reason why is look what you're leaving. You're two years removed from a Super Bowl like victory, number one, right? Forget who the quarterback was. You just won a Super Bowl two years ago. You said you were a quarterback away back in 2019. They got their quarterback in 2020, won a Super Bowl, right? And so that's part A. Part B is look who you're replacing. You're replacing the greatest of all time. You're replacing Tom Brady. No pressure, so right? <laughs> for me, and no pressure, right? Like you're, so, like that's why I'm looking at, at whether it's Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. I think that's probably one of the the the, the most pressure. Now, obviously, it's a weaker division, so it may not be as much pressure. But I think internally, and Tampa Bay's not the, you know, not the biggest market, but internally and externally, it could be a lot of pressure replacing Tom Brady. We're talking ESPN football analyst Sam Ocho here on Candy and Carlin alongside Vanessa Richardson on Michael Rothstein. And you mentioned Tampa Bay, and they're not the biggest market. I've covered games there every year as I cover the Atlanta Falcons. They don't really have a very good home field advantage either. Which do you think is the best home field advantage in the NFL, if you even think it really exists? Man, that's, I love the second part. I'm not even sure it really exists, right? I was going to go Kansas City because I'm like, man, Kansas City and you know playing in that stadium, it's crazy. But then you go and look at it. Kansas City, over the last you know three years, they're twenty and five at home, but they're also like right around the same, about twenty two or something like that, and five away. Like they uh, during during COVID, they were undefeated away and, and like six and two at home. And so for me, I'm not sure how much home field actually plays an advantage when you're a good team like Kansas City or Buffalo, right? You'd say Buffalo home field advantage, or even back in the day, it used to be Seattle. It's almost like the good teams just win consistently, and so. That's why it's hard for me. I was trying to say, man, it's going to be Kansas City. It's got to be Buffalo. I'm like, man, like they're right around the same at home or away. They find ways to win. So true. I am highly invested in the AFC South because I was born and raised a Colts fan. Living in Houston, I've covered the Texans for a long time. And I think it's going to be an interesting quarterback situation. What kind of leaps will Trevor Lawrence have made under Doug Peterson? Ryan Tannehill obviously getting older. And then you have Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud, these really young, exciting quarterbacks. What is your prediction this season for the AFC South? Well, that's a great question. So I'm excited about Houston and what they, the, the opportunity they have with C.J. Stroud, I think they have the easiest schedule in all of football, either the easiest or second easiest. So Houston gets me excited. But then you talk about Jacksonville, another year for Trevor Lawrence. You saw them get a super, get a, um, a playoff win last year, but another win, another year in Doug Peterson's system. I think mm-hmm. the sky's the limit for Trevor Lawrence. And so I love Houston ascending from where they were last year, three wins and three and 14, I believe. But I think that division uh, really – is going towards Jacksonville. I mean, the talent on the roster, they built it in free agency two years ago. Then you finally get a head coach in place with a dynamic quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I like Jacksonville in the AFC South. Sam, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this. This is Sam Acho, ESPN's football analyst here on Candy. And, Carl, we'll get you out of here on this. You talked a little bit about the NFC South and the Bucks. 
who wins the NFC? I cover the Falcons. Who wins the NFC South here? Like, because I think there's a lot of questions because every one of these teams is just a giant like question mark. Yeah, no, that's real. Like I was thinking about this last night, and I thought, and I actually was like, maybe it's going to be Atlanta. And I think the reason why I'm leaning Atlanta really is because of their defense. And so you get and get get experienced guys, guys like Calais Campbell on the inside, right? Get him in trade to He's an experienced leader. Desmond Ritter, hopefully. He'll be able to kind of carry the torch offensively. But that offense under Arthur Smith is really a run-heavy offense. So you think about drafting B. John Robinson early in the first round, add him to Cordero Patterson, right? Like that's a really like effective running game. And then Desmond Ritter obviously can use his legs as well. And so offensively you're set with Arthur, Arthur Smith. I think there were, there were 7 to 10 last year. I'm not sure how many close games. There were obviously the Tom Brady game where they should have won. There was that penalty they threw on that pass interference. That wasn't a pass interference, right? Um I like Atlanta based off what they've done in free agency, in the draft, and how close they were last year. I think they're building something special there. Uh, Sam, I would agree with you. I've said that I think they're going to win the division. They, if they get average quarterback play from Desmond Ritter with how they've insulated him with Drake London, with Kyle Pitts, with Tyler Algier, and Bijan Robinson, and Cordero Patterson, and Johnny Smith, I, there, there's a lot of room for error for him to be very average and them still to be really good. Really appreciate you taking some time here today, man. Thank you, Sam. Awesome. No, thank you all so much. That, of course, Sam Ocho, ESPN's football analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at TheSamOcho. Coming up next, I'm going to try to show, and it's going to be hard, but I'm going to try and show Vanessa Richardson's home state of Indiana some love. That's next. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Carlin, the podcast. I did not know that this song existed. I don't know what this song is. So now you good good song. find, Eric Hanneman, our board op today, uh, who could have played any number of songs, but he chose this song because we we're going to be talking about the Midwest state. I'm not going to say great state, but the Greatest Midwest state, state, it is a great of state. Indiana is here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. That voice you hear is Vanessa Richardson, or as apparently she needs to be known because of the way people say things in Indiana, Vanessa's Richardson's. And we add S's to everything. You do add S's to everything. I lived there we for four pennies. years. All I lived these. in. I, I don't understand. Yeah, like. But, okay, can you explain that? I mean, it just it why? flows the off why? the tongue. Pennies, Aldi's, Costco's, Myers instead of Meyer. Like I lit a Kroger's. Kroger's. Like I've never called it Kroger. I don't even know what a Kroger is, but Kroger's. I've shopped at Kroger's. In Atlanta, there was one that was nicknamed Murder Kroger and one that was nicknamed Disco Kroger. That sounds fun. <laughs> I feel like yeah. there's a Disco I Kroger like there's, a da- there's a dangerous Kroger's. I feel like in every town. Yeah, especially there's because like Kroger's is like knockoff Kroger, apparently. <laughs> On Candy and Carlin. <laughs> just just saying. I mean, I, I don't even know what to make of that. So uh, we're going to play a little bit of Get to Know Vanessa here. She's, she's kind of new to, to the ESPN radio family here. So, uh, okay, so you grew up in Indiana, correct? Correct. Terrible. Okay. 
in Terre Haute. What was Terre Haute, Indiana like? Because I think most people only know Terre Haute for, you know, Indiana State and Larry Bird mm-hmm. playing there in the 1970s. And, you know, that was before I was born, well before you were born. So, like, what, what was Terre Haute like? Very uh, probably like Americana childhood, you know, based our schedules on the high school basketball teams and football teams. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say there's an overwhelming amount to do. What we did um, was called Cruising the Bash, where we would drive up and down Wabash Avenue and you stop at the Taco Bell and you stop at the Sonic and you see, you know, uh, who's who's there and what's cracking. So I wouldn't say there's a lot to do, but we make our own fun, you know, find places to have bonfires and parents' houses and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I liked it. Good childhood. Okay, so basketball, but as everyone knows, basketball is something special and something different Huge. in Indiana, especially high school basketball. So for the longest period of time, they had a single, a single elimination basketball tournament for all classes. There was one class for basketball. It was fascinating. There's been books written about it. Uh, unfortunately, it went to different classes. I think it took a lot away from it. Uh, and you can maybe speak to that a little bit, but who's the best like high school basketball player you saw in like your childhood and high school career living in Indiana? When I was in elementary school, there was an AAU super team of Eric Gordon, Daquan Cook, Mike Conley Jr., Greg Oden. Um, one of the Teague brothers, I believe, was on it. I mean, this was like one of the greatest AAU teams ever. I would probably have to say one of those guys. Greg Oden, of course, just had a world of potential and, and then, you know, got bit by the injury bug. I was lucky enough to get to cover Eric Gordon with the Rockets, and I've covered a lot of Mike Conley Jr.'s games as well. So that crew was, you know, man among boys, pretty hard to beat. And the fact that you mentioned that immediately clicked with me. I'm pretty sure I covered some of those AAU games as there a reporter, <laughs> as an adult, while you were in elementary school. Things are it going happens. well here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 2005. What were you doing? Um, but yeah, you, I, you I was covering Notre Dame football. I was covering Notre Dame so football for the Fort Wayne Journal Gazette. Yeah, you, I was, you, you worked in, in Fort Wayne. That's so I nice. That. I worked in Fort Wayne, Indiana for four years. I covered the Notre Dame football team, the Notre Dame basketball team, covered Brady Quinn, Chris Quinn, all, all Quinns from Columbus, Ohio, ah. apparently. And yeah, I covered Charlie Weiss. I covered Mike Bray, who is now an assistant coach with the mm-hmm. Hawks. Like, I, I covered IndyCar, which I know that's a big thing for you, right? Like, so Indy what's your, 500. In, what's your, we're, we're in summer here. Indy 500 is the thing that kind of kicks off the summer a lot of places. Do, what's your like Indy 500 tradition here? Because do you go, do you go to the race? I do you go. go camp out? You do? Okay. I usually go as media. I've been fortunate enough to cover it for different media outlets for like, 10 years, I've always found a way, whether it's through radio, whether it's through the local news station I'm at, to finesse some coverage because I really, really do um, enjoy the the event. And like everybody, you know, I got into sports primarily. My late father and I used to go to the race every year. Now I go with friends. And it is like a week and a half of just pure fun in Indiana. If you are from Louisville, you have the Derby. You know, if you're from some of these other cities that host big events, like for Indiana, we get the 500. It's always a lot of fun. I just the only thing I remember I covered the 500, but I went once as a spectator, and one of the only things I remember was having a reversal uh, behind a bus at like 6 a.m. Uh, in the morning. That's the only thing yeah. the day the day of it, and I, that you really ruined be ready it for, for it. Yeah, yeah, I was not prepared, 
at all. But my body, my body was not prepared for for any of the consumption of anything that day, the, the day the day before, and that that kind of ruined it for me. I, but also, honestly, I sat there for like twelve laps in the stands, and then I left. I got home by the end of the race back in Michigan. I, I just was like, Re- okay, you didn't stay for the whole thing. No. Because it was just the same thing. It was like, I, that, but, but it's like I was just watching the cars go in circles. You got to be with the right people. You need to go with the local. Go with an Indiana native who can tell I you did. where to go. I go with people who go every passes. year. I you get pit that. passes. You got to like be where. Yeah, you like do the full experience. Smell the gasoline. Have a good time, but you got to be with the right people. Or else. I mean, it's the largest single sporting venue in the world. It can fit four hundred thousand people. It is overwhelming. It is. Yes. I, I've co- no. So I've, covered, you have to go. I've covered four Indianapolis five hundreds. I covered yeah. Sam Hornish Jr. beating Marco Mario. Uh, no, great one. Marco Andretti. That one. That was the first one. You can't beat that. And I mean, they have a golf course. They have holes of an actual golf course mm-hmm. within IMS. It's really, really fascinating. It is something that everyone should go to once. I fully, wholeheartedly believe that. Maybe not every year like you do, but but at least yeah. once. I think that people should go there. And, of course, they have the Pacers, too. But we're going to talk next about the Sixers. And is it possible that they hold on to James Harden? We're going to hit that next. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.